Sun rolling over, acres of farmland Shining the light on the world I grew up in No name, dirt roads about to get torn up All going down in a town you never heard of Hey everybody, welcome to the Common Folk Podcast With Ben, Morgan, and Andy All right, all right, all right. There it is, the Matthew McConaughey. That's my opening right there. That's I know it's your favorite one. That's why I did it. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I was wondering what you were going to start with, Ben. I got to get more creative, though. Uh, hey, you know, you don't have to reinvent the wheel if Matthew McConaughey's already got something figured out for you. Right. That's true. Yeah, but should it, it be consistent? Should it always be the oh, same nah, thing? Like Probably should, but I don't know. Eh. I don't want anybody to mistake me for him because they look pretty similar <laughs> and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, just a little bit younger, yeah. you know. And, and your popularity is growing to where, I mean, maybe in about a year or so with this podcast, you're going to be right there with him. Yeah. I'll be, I'll be Notoriety, right all that good stuff. <laughs> Texas governor and all that. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, he is? Uh, probably. Well, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. He's a big, I thought I missed something there. I uh, know. He's just always in the news. He's really important now, too. I think he's coming he, on the podcast next week. Oh, actually. okay. Oh, good. Okay, good. Spoiler. I dude. better read his book. <laughs> Doesn't he have a few? I'm sure he one? does. <laughs> I, just, I mean, he's the guy from Dazed and Confused. So, it's best. Yeah. We don't have to go buy it. We best. are awfully popu- popular because we have another guest in studio, too. Yes, today. we do. But We're I feel like it's. It up. Yeah, we are. lately we've had a lot of guests. It's been a lot of fun, too. And I, I shouldn't sure. say we're popular. Like, yeah, I mean, we're. And inter- it should be flipped. We're right. actually bringing people in that do stuff, yeah, like important stuff. Right. It's probably <laughs> it's, it's better good, than yeah. us three just chatting. Yeah. What I love about <laughs> the format is that we're sticking to the name. It's the Common Folk Podcast. Mm-hmm. And literally, we are talking to the most common people on the planet. But when you when you dig into it, it's really like these uncommon things that these people are doing right. and that people don't know what's going on behind the scenes, you know, until we sit down, we have these conversations and it's like, mm-hmm. Hey, that's just, you know, that was my neighbor. I didn't even realize they had all this going on, you know, yeah. whatever. And yeah. I think that's going to be the case with the guests that we have today. I think so too. So today we have on Emily Axmit. Hello. How are we doing? Doing really well. Happy to be here. Well, I'm really excited to have her because we've always been talking about, you know, programs <clears throat> and things we can do to help out the youth. And, you know, we talk about it and I feel like there's a level where, we talk about it. there's another level where you actually support it, you know, maybe spend a day or throw 200 bucks at some fundraiser. Emily lives it. That's her day job. Mm-hmm. She's made it her livelihood. So, Emily, could you just take a moment and kind of tell everyone, you know, where you work and kind of your inspiration behind that and, you know, your why? Like, how did you get into that? And you're sticking with it. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So I work for the Nebraska Early Childhood Collaborative, which is almost like a test kitchen for Buffett money. So Susie Buffett, one of the children of Warren Buffett, Mm -hmm. um, was tasked with finding a passion and then spending the money, Warren's money on that passion. Um, I'm not sure if you know this, but his other one of his three children um, uses his money to build sustainable farming in third world countries, hmm. which is his passion. Huh. Yeah, I didn't know that. No, I didn't. They either. kind of fly under the radar. It's sort of their thing where they like to stay mm-hmm. where it's you know anonymous and is hard Platt to find. Smith a third world country? Is, are we in a third world country? <laughs> is your farm falling? Sometimes, sometimes yeah. <laughs> once in a while, it does seem like that. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like growing up around here, though. Like with the Buffett name in general, mm-hmm. it it always is kind of low key. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. people don't think like you know one of the richest families on the planet lives right in Omaha or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's I'm not surprised to hear that they they're not out to like get a bunch of press about it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So most of what I do falls in that space of um, an anonymity. And then just kind of just the work, the grind, getting in there and getting it done and spending some money in the meantime. So what exactly uh, does this organization that Susie's so involved with, it's her baby, I mean, what what does it do and like what are its end goal? Like what are you trying to do? The end goal for the organization is to improve the quality of early childhood, specifically in Omaha, but in the state of Nebraska as well. Which is great because that's kind of my life mission as well. And obviously I've been in early childhood longer than just the time that I've worked for the collaborative. 
So it really falls in line with, which is why I started working there. It falls in line mm-hmm. with what I've done for 25 years. I know you're probably like, no way. You're yeah. only 25 yourself. <laughs> right. Like, yeah, for sure. Oh, that's exactly um, what I was thinking. But when I became a mother 25 years ago. Now. Yeah. So you were absolutely. like 10 I was so. just, you know, I was a child bride. <laughs> okay. I was a child bride. Oh. Um, this could really go off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> then I kind of, which is my why, to go back to my why, Andy, mm-hmm. it's um, I, I had this little person that I was, you know, ill-prepared to have. And, you know, that night in the hospital, I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Who thought I could do this? You know, you mm-hmm. hold the baby like, who gave this to me? Um, and it changed my whole world, which it does. Everybody mm-hmm. says that. That's mm-hmm. not a unique statement. Um, but it really did make me think, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. What am I going to do now? And um, so my my undergrad, interesting fact, was in poetry. I got my bachelor's degree in poetry. Fun. Yeah. And I think. I mean, I'm not good at poetry, but. Well, I'm not. I didn't say I was good at it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was my what I got my degree in. And then, it, you know, it shifted completely to this right. whole other thing. Yeah. It's like, what am I going to really do for the world? And it's it became about children. So what is for clarification? So early childhood, mm-hmm. what is that kind of range? That birth age range? to eight in okay. Nebraska. Early childhood is a birth. Oh, it to is eight. eight. OK, mm-hmm. I guess all I would have said five. OK, mm-hmm. that's good. Good question. So it's um, what you guys are focusing on is. A lot of stuff with like schooling, like preschooling or. Yes, that's right. The um, family, what I focus on specifically is family or home child care. Mm. And then there's a focus on center care. But what I do and what my team works on is the family child care provider. Okay. So does that mean um, like a, like an at home daycare scenario or is it like the family with just their own children there? That's a great question. It actually just means the, the, like a daycare in a home. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But I think what you're saying is really important. It, it does have to extend and that's part of the quality. Mm-hmm. So I think you're, you just dug right into a really important point there, which is it is about the family, right? Mm, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it has to go, it has to go beyond that. So it's not only just the daycare side of it, kind of like preschool programs, any type of support or where you guys can lend a, a helping hand, you guys are all over that. Right. So what I do currently is offer classes that teach family child care providers or daycare ladies. And I say that with the utmost love and respect in my heart for these these individuals that care for our children and open their home Mm -hmm. for our babies. Mm -hmm. You know, our baby currently is in uh, family child care right now. And I'm not worried at all. She's getting the best care that she could possibly get outside of being with us. Um, But what I do is I offer courses in business so that these ladies, for the most part, sometimes men, mostly ladies, can operate their small business um, productively and efficiently and make make some money and -hmm. let it be kind of a lifetime career rather than just, you know, I couldn't afford to put all three of my kids in childcare. So I just stayed home yep. and it's not, you're not a babysitter, you're an educator and we, we want you to mm-hmm. run your childcare as a business. Hmm. So your specific specialty, does it have less to do with here's what you need to be doing to, to educate these children, but more here's what you need to be doing to make sure that you're even here as a business tomorrow to be able to, to be there for them. That's absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So I don't focus on the quality piece or the child development or the child education, although that's what I know how to do. I had to learn this myself. You know, I had to find my experts and say, okay, what is a tax law when it is, you know, in relationship to this? And what do you need to do to keep good records? So Mm -hmm. the, the 10 weeks that I stay with them, it's all about marketing yourself, keeping good records. What does your contract say? What does your handbook say? How do you prepare for taxes? Um, and it's eye-opening. People have been doing this job for years. And they're, I will say something to them that's like, what? I had no idea mm-hmm. I had to keep my tax records that long. Yeah. Or like diapers could be a, a write-off or something to that effect, that nature. That's right. Um, and something that you always see and hear, and if you're a parent out there, you know it. There is a shortage of daycare providers. I don't care where you're at. It's a nationwide deal. Part of do you feel like part of the reason is because so many of these providers are ill-equipped to stay open? Like, 
there's something crazy like 85% of year one businesses, they fold due to just not filing taxes. And I mean, I could see that happening where all their focus is, is, is should be on the child care, you know, so mm. the business side, I think, would get left behind. Well, Andy, that's a really, that's a really big question, because when you think about why you started doing the career that you currently do, mm-hmm. whoever you are, there's a reason, there's a space that you came from that caused you to make those decisions that led you to where you are now. And unfortunately, sadly, a lot of times people that are doing home childcare, they came to that by, like myself, accidentally getting pregnant. You know, oh, I guess we're having a baby before we thought we'd have a baby. Well, what would I do now? I guess, mm-hmm. you know, and or whatever, or I don't have enough money in my job to pay for three children, whatever the story is that takes you to family childcare. It is not very often that someone says, when I grow up, I want to be a daycare lady. Mm. Right. So I'm probably not educated to do this. And I'm probably doing it because I love kids mm-hmm. and I just want to be a mom. Yeah. Um, which isn't a, a career goal. It isn't a life goal. Right. But it's still a really wonderful career that could be your lifetime, your yeah, 65. And, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of the folks who we deal with, too, yeah. um, you know, being in agriculture and, like, rural environments and stuff like that, um, it also comes kind of out of a necessity because there's not, you know, you're not close to the town. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of options. Right. Uh, not only is there not a lot of options for jobs, but there's not a lot of options for your kids. I was going to say, so we see a lot of these. Yeah. You're a third generation farmer. I mean, yeah. you got to take over the farms, you know, that's just, that's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, that's the expectation. So we'll see a lot of these farm mothers in, you know, certain groups or whatever that become the, the spot, you mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. the other kids will go to while the other ones go to town and work or whatever the case may be. So that happens a lot too out of that, you know, for that particular reason. Yeah, for sure. And, and if you think about that, that's a really ancient way to family mm-hmm. and i think there's beauty in that mm-hmm. yeah i mean our kids went to home daycares so yeah i mean that's not foreign to us and something that we hold we hold dear to our heart like still talk to the ladies you know so do you seek these people out or do they come to you like how do you help them how do you hear these names or get these women to help them I guess so would both. Be my question. I okay. seek them out and I also, well, the organization yeah. seeks them out and also just word of mouth, kind of grassroots word of mouth. Okay. Oh, that's good. But that was a question that I had written down to elaborate on that is like, how, how do folks find you? Like, how do they even know that this organiz- organization exists? I've found in small business with the stuff that we run, I come across things all the time where I'm like, man, if I would have known about that three or four years ago, gosh, that would have been nice, yeah. you know, but. <laughs> for whatever reason, it didn't yeah. land in front of me. People have said that they've, I've had women that, that come in and man, I love these women so much. They've been doing this for 25, 30 years and they say, okay, well, you know, tell me what you're going to tell me. <laughs> yeah. They're mm-hmm. probably yeah. whatever. Yeah. I've got to take these hours. The state's making me take them. And then by the time I'm done, they say, wow, I wish I would have known that 20 years ago. So in that scenario, I think what you're saying is that they're required to have a certain number of hours of training. So they might go out and seek, where can I go check the box? Right. The state of Nebraska requires that child care providers have 12 hours a year. Okay. Of continuing education. Yes, kind of every year. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then they, they potentially find you guys through that. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then they might, and then they, a lot of them end up realizing like, wow, I probably should do two or three times this amount of training because this is great. Yes, and it's unique because the rest of the training that's available is about child development. Mm-hmm. And this is just a completely different mm-hmm. – we're not talking about kids. We're talking about business. Yep. We're talking about you, your self-care. We, there's a, there's a, a module late in the training where we talk about savings and budgeting. And I really like to dig into why can't you save? Why can't you budget? Mm. Because if – Really, it should take 10 minutes. Okay, here's how you budget. See how much money you have. Don't spend more money than that. Yeah. Right? Right. <laughs> Seems logical. Simple. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why isn't that happening? And what I have found through this training is that there are some really deep-rooted connections and relationships that we have with money. And that 
and and also we're nurturing people. These these you know the providers are nurturing people. So I I feel like I I get it. You don't have that. You just lost your job. You're a single mom. I can't ask you for money. But it's a job. It's a business, and there's a balance there, and that really stirs some stuff, some emotional turmoil in some cases. Yeah, yeah, that would never be easy to, you know, really dig into that and find out why you're always broke or why your business is going to fail. And then also having that conversation like, look, if you don't change, you're going to be out of business. You can't keep this up forever. And even though she's been getting by, you know, for the last five years, you can you you can see the end result there. It's coming. You're not going to be able to keep your doors open. The state will shut you down. Right. Right. And I got to imagine that's pretty tough, especially when when you're in a spot where they have to come to you to get the con ed and then you're telling them what they don't want to hear. Right. On that front. Right. And these are not quote business people. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. So I'm not in it. Like I don't care. I'm not cutthroat. I'm here because I care about Mm -hmm. your kids because this is the job I want to do. So then if I say to them, you also need to do these things, they get to where they're like, I'm so uncomfortable with this. I just don't think I can do it. Mm -hmm. That's okay. But think about it and sit with it. Why can't you? And it's been something that I think we all need to, we all need to consider in ourselves. Why don't I do the thing that I know is best for me? So it's just kind of this little space where we can talk about more than just childcare and more than just budgeting. Mm-hmm. Mm. So you said that's 10 weeks of that program. So then there's other programs that you guys offer and services through that organization or the foundation. I'm sorry. Yes. They okay. do a, they offer, and I'm not a part of this. I'm just kind of, it's in my peripheral. It's on my team um, where they, if somebody wanted to start a family childcare, then they offer packages, um, boxes that have the fire extinguisher or the smoke detectors, the different things that cost money. Okay. And then some guidance through the licensing program, which can be difficult. So we just try to get you started and get you going. And back to Andy's point about there being wide open spaces where there are no child care. Mm-hmm. Those are called child care deserts. And it's absolutely the truth. I mean, think about small towns and people are not yeah. going to, if you have an opportunity to, you know, say you're in the medical field and you're going to go to a small town in the middle of Nebraska, but there's no child care. You're not going to go there. I even know out here. I mean, we've even struggled out the lake. A lot of people yeah. will want child care and not have to go into town 30 minutes and the school's full. So it's kind of like, what are you going to do? Yeah, like the school's yeah. kind of the go-to because yeah. it's the kind of the day. hub or whatever. Yeah. But even, you know, if we if, if you go north a little bit, like into the Bellevue Pillion area, which we spent time in, we still have family up there. They struggle to find at home providers in that area. Yeah. You know, and there's like these crazy waiting lists and stuff like that. I mean, it's, I know. And they can kind of name the price too, you know, like mm-hmm. <laughs> let's get into that. Mm-hmm. And then, then you, sometimes you get stuck with somebody like, are they really getting the care they need? Or, you know, there's so many question marks there. And that, that's where we've seen it. Where like, yeah, there's not that much of a selection, you know, you don't, you can't just pick out. It's not like going, find a place to eat. You know, you're very limited, and it seems like there's just such a wide range. We, you know, with Ozzy, you know, it was our first, you know, child, so we're kind of picky, right? <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it was just wild, the difference. Like, one was a young gal, and she had all these swing sets and crazy stuff. One, you know, middle-aged gal was like, they're going to be quiet. They're going to be doing math problems. They're going to be doing this. <laughs> and then the one we ended up settling on was like a, like a grandma. You know, it's like, well, you know, you could have them do a little bit of schoolwork or, but no, she was just a loving, caring grandma. And I mean, they, they all called her Nana. And uh, it was just, it was eye-opening to me, just the wide variety of range, especially within that just limited number of people that you can actually talk to. Like, and I, I think over half of them that we looked up were full. Like we mm-hmm. couldn't even go with them, even if we wanted to. Right. Right. And it brings you to the question of what is quality? So what is a good daycare? Mm-hmm. Gosh, and everyone's good is so different. Absolutely. Right? And good does not mean that I have three swing sets in my backyard. Yeah. It does not mean that I can, you know, he's going to be three and doing some math problems, balancing your checkbook for you. He's not going to, that's not quality. I just read something today that said that a toddler needs like seven hours of open-ended play a day. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Like that's their job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
your job when you're three is to play. Yeah, let them explore, get their hands dirty, that kind of stuff. Right. Ozzy did like the swing sets, I, I will say. <laughs> <laughs> that was play. So yeah. how long have you been working there? Three years, actually. I'm coming up on an anniversary. Three years. Okay. And then before that, you did, like you were a teacher. So before or... that, I worked for the Department of Education okay. with the state of Nebraska. So I got to see the state, the bureaucracy, the red tape, that slow turning ship. I got to see that piece of it. Okay. And was that good Oh, it's and crazy. Okay. I mean, it's it's just wild. Yeah. It's wild. It's so far above what is real life. And it's a group of people that are making decisions for a larger group of people. And it really comes down to, uh, you know, what would be cool is if everybody that did childcare had a master's degree. And then there was somebody that, like me, that was like, wait a second, that's not, yeah, that's not real life. Don't do that. Do not do that to people. So there's kind of this disconnect between people. I know you're like, what? There's a yeah. disconnect between people <laughs> and government? Yeah. But um, <laughs> it was pretty apparent in the in the Department of Ed, very well-wishing, intelligent people, uh -huh. but just a, a wee bit disconnected from what yeah. real life was. That's exactly the word I was thinking about, was disconnected. Well, like, they're not doing it every day. Right. Yeah, they don't see it. They're not on mm -hmm. boots on the ground. Uh, and then to take it even a step further, and I've heard an argument for it, and there's some points I agree with, over on the federal level, just get rid of the Department of Education. Give it back to the states. Give it to the people, the teachers, the principals that are actually in Lincoln, Nebraska, that are in Albion, Nebraska. You know, let them make these rules and regulations. And, of course, adhere to, you know, if you're a senior, you should be able to read, you know, some guidelines mm -hmm. like that. But on a federal level, uh, there's just, I don't know, have you ever heard a good thing <laughs> come out about the Department of Education from the federal level? And I can't think of one story, but I can rattle off five or six where like, well, this is stupid. This doesn't make sense. This, you know, pins Alabama against Iowa and that should, you know, like that's two way different places there with should have different guidelines, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. That's I agree. Right but it, I think that what I learned from that was just that it's just people just trying to do a good work. Mm -hmm. Right. Just like all of us, we're just trying to do a good work and it's difficult to stay focused on what a good work should look like. What is, what is the actual, what is the makeup of good work? Is it that I think something or is it that I collaborate with someone else? And, you know, what makes us good at what we're doing? And the, the, the Department of Education is really, and I think probably any office like that, although I'm, I can only speak for what my experience was, but is probably um, the perfect example of how do I do a good work without getting tripped up over my you know, yeah, whatever it is that trips mm -hmm. them up, right? Uh -huh. Like their badge or their tie or mm -hmm. whatever, like dumb shit we have to do. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, did you, is that, did you, are you done with that trash can? Well, you need to give it back to me. Did you use that pin? Okay. Give me the pin back. I'm like, are you kidding me, dude? But that's kind of how the <laughs> state is. Mm. Yeah. Did, uh, so the department of education at the state, do you have any idea how many people roughly are involved in that? Like under that organization? I worked for the Office of Early Childhood there, and there was a, it was a team of about 25 people. Okay. So just to kind of get some perspective of, you know, 25 people kind of setting the standards and making the rules for... Lots of people. Who knows how many... <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah pro like 300,000 kids. And, yeah, <laughs> yeah, children. Right. And, yeah, just kind of interesting to get that perspective. Yeah. And uh, you think about being a parent and think about the times that you and your spouse have been like, I don't think you should do that. But I think he, I think that this is going to be, you know, like my friend called it her parenting plan, which I always, when, when my husband does something, I'm like, I don't, that's not part of our parenting plan. That's two people, yeah. mm -hmm. let alone right. 25 people that I are know. thinking like, hey, what's our plan here? Yeah, for other people's kids. Yeah, for other, <laughs> right, exactly. And I think it's the same for like most organizations, especially when you get to a certain size. Uh, I can think back on jobs that I've had where like the middle level management or upper upper level management or whatever. So disconnected from what's going on at the ground. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and again, they're making the rules, they're making the decisions, they're laying down the laws, whatever. Um, but if you could just figure out a way to get those folks that are in the trenches every day, somehow involved in that, having some influence, you know, and, and helping make those decisions. I mean, it's, it's with any organization, I think with anyone that I've been a part of anyway. And is that a, 
kind of like where you want to go with this? Cause like, I know you have a lot of independent thoughts and I think they're good thoughts. Uh, like how could, how could things get better kind of from your front and for your area as a whole? Like, obviously we want the youth in Nebraska to thrive and do well and excel in all these different areas, things that they want to do. And you're kind of, you're on the cutting edge of this, I'd say, especially being aligned with where you're at. Right. I mean, yeah, I think so. And I think that's a compl- that's a hard question, Andy, because I have perspectives of that there needs to be oversight. There needs to be funding. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, when at the when the day is done, the, the what makes a difference in the way that we behave is the relationship that we have with the people around us. And that's true for us as grown-ups, right? Like think about accountability, who you are accountable to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then how you are more likely to respond or like be nice, right? So if I if I want something from my husband, of course I'm going to like be sweet to him, right? I mean, it's that, about that relationship. I'm not going to be ugly to him and then expect him to buy me dinner, right? Right. Um, sorry, that wasn't very feminist of me. I, I buy my own dinner. <laughs> but um, I it's get just it. kind of fun if he like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just better. like he's treating you. I or choose yeah. for him yeah. to buy me dinner. Right. right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll reverse that. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the same thing with with your children. The children in our community, they were, they're going to respond to you because you love them. You care about them. You're interested in their life and their decisions. You're, you're paying attention to what makes them tick. So, you know, um, why am I misbehaving? Am I tired? Am I hungry? Am I afraid? What, what is it that's causing me to be naughty? And so all the different things that, that, that are piled on top of just a child being a child and how we want to move that behavior there it's all great and it's necessary but at the end of the day right it's relationship it's in it's people loving each other i'm kind of a hippie about this too like people it's people loving each other <laughs> taking care of each other and so Sorry. you can throw all the money you want at it and all the regulation you want and you can require all the training and you can do all of these things but what we need are people that understand how people thrive and then be invested in that work, which is the work of love and the work of relationship. So you're saying rela- relationship building is key. So for like your organization to the providers, it has to start there with that relationship, right? Absolutely. And then hopefully, I mean, the goal there is that the providers will be able to make better relationships with their kids. Right. Right. And that's, that's right. going to make a more productive kid, a happier kid. For uh, sure. Happy-go-lucky kid, right? We all want that. Uh, <laughs> but it's a lot easier for me to just, I don't know, throw 20 bucks at a fundraiser <laughs> than to give them my time, my effort. I mean, man, that's difficult. Yeah. So how do you do that? <laughs> I like that. Uh, one thing that I always come back to, and I'll, I'll use this as an, an example. Uh, I feel like we'll just pour money into it and we'll hire more people. We'll just get more people. That'll, that'll solve it. And I'm always on it like, Let's hire less people, but pay them way more money and make sure then hold them accountable. Like, all right, you're making three times the salary. You better be quality good. And of course, they will live up to that if they're making that, if, you know, if, if you can whittle it down. And I sometimes I look at like the police force sometimes. I'm like, man, why do we have all these cops? What if we just had 10% less, but that, you know, the, what's left? is really, really freaking good. And they're worth the rest of that money, you know, dispensed upon them. Could that be a solution where maybe less people involved, but pay them better, treat them better? I think so. Absolutely. Well, I, I think that educators should be paid higher than anybody else anyway. Absolutely. So it's a, it should be a really well-paid job. So absolutely, I agree yeah. with you there. It is in a lot of other countries. Like educators are kind of like the highest paid, mm-hmm. and it was that way in the United States for a long time. I want to say until after World War One, and then definitely after World War Two, where it's like, nah, 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 blow the doors off it. Let's build up companies now. And uh, yeah, education took a backseat. <laughs> right. Well, there's um, so there's a couple different ways you can go with that. We're coming to a place where employers are realizing that they do not have 
a workforce because there's a generation that's just not equipped to work, Be, you know, because education, early childhood education and education has not supported whatever the skill set is that needs, you know, that, that grows a work, mm-hmm. a worker. So there's the business roundtable that's now saying, hey, what are we going to do about this? So that's good. There's, yeah. their value, their, the value is coming back to how do I get my kids ready to work? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm sure, I don't know this, but I'm, I'm sure that you can probably speak to what it, when you raise a child that's going to be a farmer, right? It comes from generations of being on a farm. Mm-hmm. You don't, I mean, I, I don't know, so correct me if I'm wrong, but there there's a point, right, where a kid isn't going to be 30 and go, hey, you know what, I think I'll buy a farm and be a farmer. It's because your dad, your grandfather, your grandma, it's this, you, you're raised into this work ethic or this way of doing things. And it's the same thing with anything that we do with early childhood. And there has to be value placed on that. And money is a way of showing value, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but also the world has me in it and the world has you in it. And I, you can give me $20 and I will go do the work. Mm-hmm. And that's okay if you yeah, do yeah. that. You don't have to do that. That's why there's me in the world, right? Because, <laughs> And that's, I think, finding the place that you're going to serve, that you are the, where you're strong. And it's okay to say, it's yeah. not me. Yeah, I'm yeah. not that. That's okay. Because I, I am that. Kids love me, though. Oh, Does, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Does your uh, philosophy and your way of thinking, um, is that prevalent in in the organization that you work for? That's a nice question to ask, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to just say no. I'm going to say that I am. Not totally. No, not totally. I think that I'm, which I think is why, I mean, I'm going to guess that's why Andy asked me to visit with you because I think he, I I, I see things a little different from other people. Yeah. Yeah. There needs to be a little bit more of that, I think, and not so much. We can buy this. You can't buy it. You can't buy everything. If, if that's the case, I wonder what, um, what's the relationship like with the state and your organization? Like, how do the two feel about each other? Well, it's a little, it's a, there's a rub. Yeah. It's a little scratchy as we say in, in the field. It's weird because the state again is about legislating and then we're about okay, let's give this training, let's give, let's equip you, let's give you the, the tools you need to build, to build quality. However, like any big organization, you end up doing the things that you've learned to do, which is to, you know, tell people what to do and make sure they're doing it and, you know, micromanage and say, did you check this box? Is the box checked? Um, so in that, there's a bureaucracy in everything. You know, mm-hmm. the more you, you get more than 10 people in a room and somebody's going to try to be the boss, right? So I think that the mission is definitely different, but there's always that human element mm-hmm. that's similar between every organization. Well, it's, it's a little bizarre to me. And <clears throat> when you told your story first off, how it all, you know, came together and the, the void that you guys fill, I thought, man, that is so Warren Buffett. Where here's a group of people that needs 12 hours of continuing education, and here's a company that's providing it. So, like, the the local government, the state government is forcing this to happen, and then you're standing there like, yep, here we are. You know, I just feel like that. so many of those guys that are really, really good at business, they got the government side already handled, or that's already a program's <clears throat> in place. Now they, now they just need to get on the receiving end of it. And I feel that's where maybe you guys run into a little bit of the, the tail wagging the dog, you know, cause you got to follow these guidelines in order to get that money and to get that. And you need that money to help these people. And that's where you're at. You just want to help these people. You're not concerned about checking these boxes to get that money. But if this foundation is going to work, you need to check the boxes, right? Like it's um, just the way I even said it, there was just a tangled up mess, Yeah, you know? And yeah, that's kind I- of what I was getting at. You know, what I was thinking <laughs> yeah. in the back of my mind was how that relationship works and, you know, if any funding's coming from the state or whatever the case may be and the certain, like you said, boxes that need to be checked. So then it, it puts management in a, uh, in a mindset where like, we have to get these things done because this is how the wheels keep turning. Even though all the, 
gentler, kinder things that you want to do will move the needle. We have to do these things because this is how we get funded. This is how it keeps moving. Yeah. But yes, Emily, I think you're exactly right there. Like the relationship has to be there. Otherwise, all this other stuff is for naught. Like, yes, check the box, make sure the money's coming in. But man, you can't lose sight of what I think you're really getting at. And that's the boots on the ground relationships, right? Mm-hmm. Right, right. Well, and and again, that's why there's, you know, an accountant and then a teacher. Mm-hmm. Because the accountant doesn't actually care what I do. He just cares if I fill out the form. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's easy, and I just even went there. It's easy for me to be like, yeah, well, that job has to be terrible. I can't, how that's awful for you. But really, he's there so that I can do what I need to do. So, yes, yeah. there are, and there is f- federal money that comes in that's a lot of money that we have to be accountable for. Um, so, yeah, but there's a balance, and I think it's it's finding that balance. And the balance really is about I'm good at this and you're good at that. And so let's let us let's work together in, mm-hmm. in a way that's and do not forget that I can do this and you can do that and that's how things get done and I think that's kind of where the mix up comes in but it when you when, as you guys have summarized that I think yeah yeah you're right that's exactly right we do have to be accountable mm-hmm. for the taxpayer money that we spend Morgan and Ben are two of the top tier entrepreneurs you'll ever meet oh. you get, you get, you guys have some extra room over here. Can you help yes. me get like a daycare started? It'd be really convenient for. <laughs> I don't think we need that. Oh, come on, you guys. Oh, no. Andy, it could be out of your house. We're relationship building, right? Not my house. But hey, we're you, re- <laughs> you've got the younger ones. <laughs> well, I need somewhere to take them. <laughs> you don't want them in your basement? Uh, no. I want my basement back. You got a swing no. set and a pool and everything. I, I do. Oh, yeah, I do. pool. I forgot about that. Uh, they got plenty of playtime this summer. I will say that, um, which, you know, I like playtime too. So that, that did work out. That worked out just fine. Mm-mm-mm. But I don't know if I'm going to be very good at the other side of it, the box checking and, you know, all that stuff. I'll probably lack. <laughs> <laughs> just being honest. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, Andy. I don't know what to do with you. So with within what you do, I, I've got a couple of other questions that kind of bounce around a little bit. Um, that This one I'll probably wait till later to kind of wrap up, but the are, are you dealing directly, you're dealing directly with the providers? That's right, yep. What Something that's curious to me is um, overall or as a percentage or whatever, how would you classify kind of the income level or social status of the providers that you work with. I'm just curious about that in terms of um, home daycare providers. Where do they typically land? That is, um, I think you can, I've had providers that say that they make a pretty good living at it. And I, I'm sure that's true. And I think the longer you're doing it, and then when you don't have your, as your kids grow, you know, the, the less you spend, the more you're going to make, right? And I think mm-hmm. it's the same thing with with the provider. So they get, they grow out of being a young family and Mm. they make more money. Um, But I think for the most part, it's not the most lucrative position to have. And it costs a lot of money to stay relevant in the field and to be, um, you know, if you, if you, like Andy shared earlier about walking into a a home and having, you know, three different choices Mm -hmm. and the, the parent, the client is going to look and say, this one looks really good. Um, and so that costs money to Mm -hmm. try to build that. Mm -hmm. So I think it really, that's not, there's not one answer for that. I don't think people do it for the money, Mm -hmm. but I think if you're smart and I don't mean to say that it's okay. There's dumb people. There's dumb people out there. It's okay. Well, <laughs> smart with money, and I'm gonna, yeah, like savvy. More. Yes, yeah. Right. yeah. Thank you, savvy. Yeah. I mean, I would. I myself didn't make any money doing home daycare. I would so have you, no money at all right you, now if it wasn't for it my husband. Then yes. I don't think we touched on wow. that. Yeah, I did it for ten years. Wow. Okay. Yeah, and I would have no money because if I have twenty dollars, I'm like, who wants a pizza? You know, like I'm. Mm-hmm. I'm not somebody that saves mm-hmm. money, and I'm terrible with it. So I get that it's not easy, and and it's not. It, and again, we're not business people. We're trying to just watch. So it's it's hard to make money, I think, unless you can buckle down and say, here's what it's going to, what it means for me to make money. So I would mm-hmm. say that it's less than a, than a public school teacher, for sure. Mm-hmm. 
And I was kind of, I guess what I was more curious about was not necessarily like how much money they're making as a, as a provider, but more like where they came from. So like the different areas of town that you deal with, like, is there certain levels of income in certain areas of town where you see more of those than less? You know, that's just something that's curious to me. No, actually it it goes across the, it goes across the board. Okay. So it's a, it's, it's, I mean, it's a universal need. Right. 100%. So a $208,000 home neighborhood has the same number of in-home daycares as a median $80,000 home. I would say so. Mm. And I think that families Makes choose sense. center or home care just based off their own mm-hmm. what they want. Yeah. Okay. Or maybe how they came up or whatever. Yeah. 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 What, what, what is your experience? What Who do you trust? Is there someone you like? Do you want your child to go to a center or do you want them to stay in a home? with with? So it's all a personal decision. Mm-hmm. And there are providers that have spouses that work, so they don't necessarily have to make mm-hmm. as much yeah. money because they're kind of doing it as a, you know, a way to be to stay home with their own kids. So there, it just there's not even one typical wow provider. That's interesting. I can see that though. Mm-hmm. You know, you think about it yeah. for a minute, you can really see that. Yep. Um, so you 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 said that you had done it yourself yeah. for ten years. Um, your child or children were there with you or? Yes. I have, so I, so I have two older girls Okay. and I, like I said, I got a degree in poetry and I was going to go further with that, which I think meant I was going to like be at a coffee house and write poems. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah. When I, I said fun like, earlier, I was like, Oh, like Hallmark cards or yeah. I don't know. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I spent that summer getting pregnant. And so then I, that was a good summer. It was a pretty good summer. Yeah. Um, but then I got ready to go back to start that higher degree and go on with my the what I thought my life was going to look like. And yeah. there was a baby there. So I thought, okay, well, I guess I'll do something else. Um, and I didn't. After I had her, I was like, I can't go. I'm not going anywhere. This is where I'm. I'm right here with mm-hmm. this little human. Yeah. Um, and so I started a daycare at home so I could be with her. And it grew and it grew and it grew and it was so successful. It was just such a wonderful 10 years. It was a great 10 years. Um, And I'm really happy that I had a chance to do it. But my main goal was to just parent my kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So then once that was done, you were kind of like, all right, well, I achieved that. And that's kind of why you got out of it, you think, or? That's what I was going to ask why you got out of it. Well, I worked on a, I worked on a higher degree. So I got a master's degree while I was. Um, doing daycare and then I wanted to teach so I wanted to teach early childhood and I yeah when my middle one went to kindergarten I thought okay I'm gonna go do something else there we go perfect do you see that a lot where it is just kind of your scenario where it's a new mom and she thought hey this would be a great way to just spend all day with my kids which is what I want to do um, and there's nothing wrong with it. I think that is great and then as soon as you know, they go to kindergarten, first grade, whatever. Then they're like, okay, I want to be, get out of it. So they, they already have that window set in mind. Does that make it more difficult? I think, again, that's a – it's just a personal – I see both. Mm-hmm. I see people that have – that started that way and then did it for 30 years. And I have seen people that started and three years later thought, this is not for me. Because it's hard work. I mean, you are working yeah. an hour before everyone else goes to work. And an hour after, everyone stops. And then in COVID, there was people were were operating their family child cares with masks on, tra- mm-hmm. trying to care for little ones. Yeah, just so they could keep because having was, kids there. Yes, and that because that was also what the state required. Oh, yeah, I didn't even think about that. So it, they were trying yeah. to care for people's children. And can you imagine these little guys? I mean, that's a whole other topic. Yeah. The, you know, these little guys that come into a home, which you're trying to have that home environment and their, their provider, all they see is that their face, their eyes. So it's, um, it's a tough job mm-hmm. cleaning, trying to take care of four-year-olds while somebody's, you know, having a messy diaper, you know, leak out of their pants or, Potty training. I mean, potty training three or four kids at one time is, yeah. it's all crazy. You think, okay, well, but how many of us have dropped our kid off at daycare and been like, bye? <laughs> Thank <laughs> God. Oh, oh, yeah. Thank God it's not me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're exactly. Like, hey, I, would, I always think about more kind of like the mechanical side of things. 
like the care and, and love and all that stuff too. You know, I mean, that's obviously important. I think about that, but I just think about like the wear and tear and the beating on just oh, the yeah. physical environment. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like we live in our house. Like if we've lived in our house for five years, if it was a daycare, it would have been like, we've lived there for 20 years in that five years. Yeah. The walls. Yeah. Kids are tough. Like just, place just tough on yeah. beat. Yeah. You know, the yeah. door, door gets open a hundred times more a day than it would on normal, you know, just God. like all those things. I never would have thought about that. That's yeah. funny. You think right. that way. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. The kids are hard on stuff, everything, carpet, furniture, all of it. And that's a big cost for the providers yes. to think about. Cause you, you have to maintain yeah. that. I mean, that stuff's going to yeah. fail. Yeah. Absolutely. And then try to do that with six kids only at one high end, one seventy a week mm-hmm. times six. That's it. That's your income. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've got to pay taxes and all the other stuff that right. comes along with all that. Right. And then most of the time they don't have retirement. They're not paying into retirement. Mm, yeah. They're not paying oh. into benefits. Yeah. So it's a, it's Jeez. not an easy job. So on that note for like everybody, we have a lot of listeners in Nebraska, but we also have a lot of nationwide. Uh, is there like a, a, a website people can go to, you know, especially daycare providers or everybody knows somebody uh, like maybe a younger gal that's looking to get into it if they hear this podcast they can tell them look you might want to look into this to help you turn this into a business so you can visit nebraska early childhood collaborative.org and there's a couple different pages there that talk about the different things that we offer which one of them is you know becoming licensed going through the toolkit for licensure. And then there's the business training series. And then there's something that, that leads you into quality, um, which would be some mentoring and some money, some funds. Um, so there's money is not, you can talk and talk and talk and talk, but at the end of the day, sometimes we just need some money. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. um, and I love money too. I'm not, I don't just love relationships. I love money too. So that's something that we offer as well. And that's but if you go to the Nebraska Early Childhood Collaborative.org, it's a really fun little page with lots of little critters on it. And <laughs> If someone nice. from out of state were to visit that, would they be able to get some kind of direction to maybe something locally that's going on with them? Or that, Yeah, yes, they would. That's a good question. So we only serve Nebraskans because mm-hmm. we are funded by a very famous Nebraskan, mm-hmm. um, but there we work with the rest of the nation and so there it would be really i'm we are prepared to point uh, people in okay. the right direction yeah, absolutely good yeah good you got to wonder in some of the states that don't have organizations like what you guys do i mean i'm sure you feel like like everyone else does that like sometimes you know what are we doing we're spinning our wheels you know this is a waste of time or whatever but the reality is you guys are certainly making a difference and what would it be like without it and there's probably a lot of states like that. So I think it's probably a really good thing. You know what? You're right. The When when we have collaborated with other states, they will come in and say, well, of course you guys are doing this. <laughs> of course you are. You have this. Mm-hmm. But and, and I, yes, that is the truth. But there's Nebraska also just nice, a, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But there's also just a lot of hard work that goes into it as well. But no doubt, the yeah. truth is we do. We are very lucky in Nebraska. We do have a really good bought-in funder. Mm-hmm. So I think the last thing that I have, and you guys can ask anything if you do, but I was curious based on all the stuff that we've talked about, and I think there's – this could probably be a really long conversation. I think there's some stuff you're kind of dancing around a little bit. If there was um, anything that you could do or see or, or some type of change or some kind of direction at your organization or just in the field in general, what would that really be for you? I think that what we're missing is, so let me, let me start by saying this. I, I believe that the family child care provider, one of the reasons that they go into this is because there's a lot of autonomy. They really get to make their own life. They mm-hmm. get to make their own mm-hmm. schedule. Mm-hmm. They, are, they are their own boss. Um, and I think that's important to, to the provider. I know that I enjoyed that piece when I was when I was doing this job. In fact, when I stopped doing this job and I went into doing, you know, another job, having a boss was I was like, what are you why are you telling me what to do? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can do this my I can do this just fine <laughs> without your help. 
Um, so that was an adjustment for me as well to have a, I mean, if I were to be really honest, I still don't like having a boss. I'm, I have that kind of in me, that family <laughs> childcare provider in me. So there's a, there's a piece that it makes it hard to find providers because these are fiercely independent people. Mm-hmm. They have been running a business poorly or well, they have been running a business um, and they don't always want me or whoever me Your might help. be to come yeah. in and be like, hey, here's what you could do better. Um, even though I'm probably, you know, here is what's, here's something you could do better. It's difficult to find people. And I think that they're in Nebraska. If I'm going to be totally honest here, there are some, you know, some issues with race when it comes to community, different communities. There's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's difficult for someone like um, me to reach people in certain communities that maybe have walls up, um, don't want help. Yeah. To really um, get their ear. Yeah. And that, so that's the biggest piece is there, there are communities of people that are um, impoverished or marginalized. And it's you can't just walk in and say, hey, I'm going to change your life. It just doesn't work. And so mm-hmm. finding the communities, the pockets of kids and providers that really need the resources and that are open to accepting is is difficult. That's the most difficult part of my job is is of our job is to reach the people that really could benefit from the help that we can offer. If I could change that, if I could change one thing, I think it would be to, which again is like pie in the sky, right? Like to break down those walls mm-hmm. and to be able to get into what's where it really, where we really need to be, I think. So it's that you feel confident in the, the the tools that you have and the tools that you're bringing to the provider and, and to the um, to the industry but it's more that you've got there's there's some of those barriers there that are preventing you from doing that that are socioeconomic type barriers from the sounds of it right yeah yes socioeconomic and I think the um, race and culture mm. as well we're right down in the heart of Omaha, and um, I've learned quite a bit about the history in Omaha, and I can understand why the people in Omaha that in the neighborhood where we're located don't really want help. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I get it. And when I say help, see, look what I just said, right? I just bought into yeah. that. Who who am I to say that I'm helping? Yeah. Right, but then right. there. So it's this just really kind of runs deep, and so you think um, you're. I'm I'm trying to work it in in an environment that I'm basically. It doesn't matter if I, I don't. Who cares if I'm there? You're not always welcome. Not even always though, welcome. even though yeah. you know you know you have some tools, some resources that could really help, and it it would go the same way. Like if like my hometown of now there's like population three hundred. And if you just rolled in there like, hey, you know, Kathy, this is what you need to do and this is how you need to do it. And it's like, oh, she's been doing it for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. You know, right. she did mm-hmm. my you know, grandkids and them kids. Yeah. And like, and for you to just show up with, no, no, we're state licensed and we got a bunch of money. Here we go. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know if that's going to fly. It's right. the same thing in you every know? industry. Yeah. Again, like we go back to farming, you know, we're, we're out, you and I, when we met each other, mm-hmm. out knocking mm-hmm. on doors and trying to talk to farmers about new technologies. <laughs> and they're like, no, nah, yeah, get out of here, nah, man. man. Dad's been doing it like this for 60 years. Like, yep. <laughs> forget about it. Get that snake oil out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Right. Okay. All right. Yep. Right. That's exactly, that's a, that's a really good, that's exactly the, the same thing that mm-hmm. I have to deal with as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I respect that in a way. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to try to say that I have something that everybody, you know, it I, just I makes it so much harder for it you. Does, yes. And mm-hmm. your team, you said, yes, right. Cause yeah. you guys are all working together for one cause and right. that is to help, like you said, but yeah, it's yeah, such a, to, yeah, you gotta dance around helping mm, people. Mm, I know. It's mm-hmm. a pisser. I, yeah. 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 Right. yeah. I mean, and I understand because pride is a, such a powerful thing. You know, being a proud mm-hmm. people, being a proud, you know, community is what mm-hmm. survival, it's one of the bones of survival, right? So you don't want to take that or so I, it's for me, I can speak specifically for myself. That is a, that's difficult for me mm-hmm. to yeah. try to step in and say, I have something you need. Right. Even if I do. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, definitely. 
So what's the answer? Mm. What did you? How did you guys sell the snake oil then? Tell me how to do it. <laughs> Just visit, uh, I would have to visit mm, them about thirty times. Yeah, that's gonna. And yeah. then they finally got to the point where they were like, "All right, you're not gonna quit coming around, are you?" Mm-hmm. I'm like, no, so I'm, I'm gonna be here next week if you say no again. Yeah, that's exactly it. Like, here's a thousand hoops. Let's see if you jump through all thousand of them. Yeah. You know, and yeah. you got to just keep hammering. And you really were nice that, and friendly. And yeah. that, and that yeah. I think that is the answer, at least for, for what we were doing. And a lot mm-hmm. of things that I've had mm-hmm. is uh, it's the relationship. It's 100% the relationship. Yeah. Yep. So building that, um, finding that common ground, yep. getting that trust. And it's, uh, it's a long run proposition. You know what I mean? It's not. I'm going to go visit them and then this is going to happen and that's going to happen. It's going to be great. And then we'll yeah. move on to the next one. It, the it's not product like that. Was re, you know, that, that was the lowest thing on the totem pole. Like, man, this is going to help. This is going to save you money. This is going to grow yeah. more corn, more yield, yeah. Yeah. more bushels, all that stuff. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. See you later. And you I know. think, I think the problem that presents itself is kind of what you've touched on a little bit where like, there's all these boxes to check. And, you know, if an organization sets these goals and like, okay, well you gotta, you have to have, 20 people signed up for this class by the end of the month or whatever. When in reality, if you could spend the time and get two really committed to it, right. You'd be a whole lot more effective. You know what I mean? So th- those are the kind of things. Right. 100%. You're exactly right. Yeah. And that's exactly the, my, my, what I have done is to just n- keep knocking at that door. Mm-hmm. Awesome. How come awesome. they have an answer at the door? I, well, I've, I've only knocked 10 times. Yep. I'm only yep. halfway there. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, does this deserve a toast? Did, well. did we just figure it out? I think, I think so. <laughs> All right. Do, you do you it. Do it. It's you your, do it. It's your turn. It, it's your table. All right. I'll do it. <laughs> uh, so a couple of things and, and we'll wrap up. Um, this particular area of our table right here uh, is made by a company. Um, wait, where are, those, where are these guys located? Char I ask this every time. Char Chisel? Yeah, but I can't remember where they're located. I, this is a co- couple of guys that make these flags. Um, they've got these cool machines set up. They do all this stuff for companies all over the country. But we really like this flag. So when we built this podcast room, we were like, man, this would be a great thing to have here. And then we um, decided to take it to the next level. So let me move this mic a little bit here. What? So inside <laughs> this little hidden compartment <laughs> under this table. Holy moly. It's so fancy over little here. little speakeasy. Yeah, yeah. You guys... Uh, like bourbon or vodka at all? Absolutely. All right, all right. There we go. Now we're going down the right path. Yes, sir. Uh, Is there a password I need for, to the speakeasy? <laughs> no, we've already let you in. All yep. right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. You're good. Right. Andy, you want to touch on these a little bit? There you go. So this is another small company based out of Nebraska by the name of Handleben. They're out of O'Neill, up my neck of the woods. Um, I mean, this is just, this is brass tax type stuff where these guys they saw a need in, in the community the you know, the, an old downtown building, they bought it and they figured out a way to make these copper mugs. Now these ones are smaller ones, but, um, they, their business is making these and you know, your husband, he really likes those Moscow mules. He does. So I think he, he would really get into these copper mugs. They're the real deal. They're heavy. And so they make straws. Really what wow. else do they make besides? We've it's mostly said mugs. cups and straws. Yeah. Okay. Mugs. Yep. And they yep. have a bar. Yep. Uh, okay. You know that yeah. the, the building that they took over downtown was huge, and there's I can't wait to go. There's two or three other businesses within that huge building. So these these guys, um, obviously, they're hand making all this stuff, so it's pretty sweet, and, uh, and customizing it with li- different brands and stuff. So they um, uh, they sell on their website handleben.com. They're great dudes. Uh, we're looking forward to going out there and doing a podcast with them as well. That'd be awesome. Uh, but that there, go ahead, Andy, on that. But so, like, we like to give guests, you know, uh, gifts to all of our guests. So there's a, your custom set from Handle Ben, a couple copper mugs, and that's the real deal. And how do you like the packaging there? It's wonderful. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's, <laughs> they, they get that's after it. basically these things, but like three times the size. So like a full-on cup. Again, handmade by those crate. guys. You're gonna yep. have to pry bar it open. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah, their you got packaging the is there. next yep. really level. Cool. I yeah. can't even lift it. I might I might need help off the car. So. That's all right. I yep. I was doing gonna do this for free. And Ooh, I look at I got a prize no, even. There you go. Yeah. All right. Yep. Yes. Yep. I'm drinking tonight. Yes. That's right. Yep. Now you guys will enjoy that. So uh to kind of top it all off with the the mugs and we got the round the bend steakhouse cups. Wow. We're gonna do ourselves 
a little shot ski. That's a deuce. That's I'm going to pass. Do that. You are? Sometimes I drink. Sometimes. Well, I'm not a big hard liquor person. I have my white claw. You're drinking your white claw. I know. Sometimes <laughs> I'll have the vodka. I've had the bourbon. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you guys like what do you guys want? Vodka? I'll take the bourbon because I feel like I need to really push myself into a whole, like, in an, I'm going to push myself right now. So I'm going to go for go. the bourbon. That's a good idea. But I like take that. it easy on me. Go yeah. slow. There you go. Go, go. There you go. I don't think, I mean, I've tried this, but I don't think on, I don't think on have. a podcast I've ever think, drank the vodka no. on a podcast. And we keep saying you guys, you, Emily, you forgot to say who's with you here. I did forget to say, I didn't forget. I would never uh. forget. <laughs> did you forget that face? She would never forget. This is my wonderful, lovely husband, Bourbon or vodka? Brandon. Bourbon. Okay. He's how uh, Andy... We, got set up with you right so that's right with what you with what you're doing right now on the podcast you're speaking to the mic you got the headphones on all the stuff do you kind of feel like you're channeling him a little bit because isn't this kind of what he yeah for sure for sure so when i when he started making new stories and kind of you know doing his thing with the tv um, I would sometimes be like a witness to something, you know, like if you, can, <laughs> if you couldn't find a witness, he'd be like, act like you're looking at that storm and you're you know, shocked by it. <laughs> and I'd be like, okay. Um, and every single time, and I can talk and talk and talk and talk, as Andy knows, like I'll talk, Andy and I have wonderful conversations. But as soon as that red light came on, I'd just be like, <laughs> no, just look at the storm. Just look at the storm. Put, he, what are you doing with your hands? And he'd just be like, just talk, Emily, just talk. like. <laughs> <laughs> so I, he's I taught me to, to, to be more comfortable when it comes to. Yeah, that's hilarious. Were you proud of her performance? Yeah. Yeah. I am very proud. She's she's done pretty good. All right. I, I mean, sometimes during the headlights type stuff. Yeah. But that's just when the camera's you on. You brought it out of her. Did we? Andy, All right, yeah. that's good. Yeah. All right. All right. We Andy, did it. Andy's got that about him. Yeah, I mean, when like you said you're a talker, I would say Andy's a talker. So that's. Andy brings a lot yeah. out of me too. I, I know, yeah, because Ben's like our quiet one. <laughs> mm-hmm. and he's I would say host. I can talk too. I know, right? How did this happen? But yeah, so I get that. Cool. So are you the quiet one then, Brandon? Okay. Yeah, a little bit. I always feel not, that... when, not when you're uh, broadcasting or whatever. Like... And then you gotta, yeah, you gotta. Yeah, yeah. I, I still let Andy. You know, he's the star of the show. I. Ugh. I set it up for him. God. I feel like... I felt it, so bad for him when he found out that he was partnered with me. I'm like, oh, this guy. He's maybe, expecting like a real deal. <laughs> maybe you're like this. Maybe you're not. I am. Uh, and, and we need to do a podcast talking about the... Um, like behind the, the behind scenes, the scenes. We talked about, yes. yeah. Oh, of, yeah. of what of you a guys sports do. Broadcast? Yes. Yeah, because that'd, yeah. be, that'd be fun. So I think there'd be a lot of... Get old yeah. Brandon in here. But yeah. um, depending on the personality, I know it's like that for me. We could sit here and talk for you know, an hour or two, whatever it is. And I'll talk. I got a lot of things to say and I'm get, I get super curious. And you then afterwards notes. I'm spent. Like <laughs> right, I'll go, I'll go a day and not barely say anything. <laughs> this is very true. Very this is my life. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 When you talk you. for a living, you know, if you have to talk for a living, you don't go home and do your job. Right. So right. yeah, Randy yeah. does the same thing. He talks and talks and thinks, and then mm-hmm. kind of just quiets yep, down. Yep. And yeah. then you're gassed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. take a little break. Well, let's try this uh, this drink here. So this is from Cooper's Chase uh, in Nebraska as well. Um, Doug Trainer, great dude, West Point. Yep. Um, so we really appreciate him providing this to us. They're expanding. We just yeah. saw this week. They're hitting yeah. Kansas, which is kind of cool. Yeah. It's a distillery out of West Point, Nebraska, and they're just getting bigger and bigger. And yeah, they've been on the show. Doug's one of our most popular podcasts. Wow, yeah. talking about yeah. bourbon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nebraska grains and yeah. all that. So. Let's try this real quick, and then we'll close it out. So let's cheers. cheers it. Thanks cheers. for coming. Try this cheers. real quick, this vodka. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mr. Not, not Really Vodka Guy? I don't drink a lot of vodka, and that's um, it's good. Like, it's way sweeter than I expected. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I always drink the bourbon, but... The bourbon is really easy to drink. It is. Yeah. That's the best part about it. Yeah, it's smooth. And I mean, the vodka is pretty smooth, too. I thought I was going to have to fake it and be like, oh, that was great. But that really was great. <laughs> All right. There we go. It doesn't, it doesn't have that bite <laughs> yeah. that a lot of them do. Yep. That's what I really like That's about nice. theirs. Good deal. So, man, to close it out, uh, we're hitting an hour here. Emily, What uh, is there anything that you wish we would have asked? Or No. You guys are fantastic. So thoughtful. Appreciate that. Thank you. So yeah. thoughtful. and I'm just glad you came on board with this, you know. For and, sure. And like I said, we 
These are we need to get more guests like you on. We really do. Yeah, I mean, you talked about it, common folk. We need to get more common folks on. This is real life stuff. Yeah. I mean, this yeah. is the kind of thing that a, a lot of people don't talk about just because I don't know. It's just not at the forefront. Yeah. Why right. would you? Right. Oh, it's so yeah. Like yeah. not important. No, it is important. It's extremely. Everyone's important. going through it. Yeah. It's not right. just Nebraska. And it's but. really that's one of the reasons why I like the topic so much because it's really like the most important. Yeah. You know, we talked about but it. But it's overlooked. We talked about it when our kids were young and you were staying at home and, uh, you know, and you were like, man, I just feel like I need to, I need to go get a job. I got to contribute to the family or whatever. And I was always like, no, you're doing the most important job. There's not any more, yeah, anything else out there that's more important that's going to have a, a longer lasting effect on the family or society in general. Yeah. And that's what you're dealing with. So That's so well said. That's so well said. You're yeah. right. What and you the, did was the most important work. Yeah. I love that you said it that way. Yeah. And the kids' well-being, you know, like right. mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> it all adds up. Yep. So. Well, good stuff, man. Yep. You got anything else? I don't, man. I'm gonna nope. need another beer. Yeah. Oh, I already, I already beat you to it. You <laughs> cracked. You're behind. You're behind. <laughs> I Step it up. <laughs> well, thanks for coming, guys. Thanks so cool. much. Cool. Yep. All right. Well, I'm gonna shut these mics down, and we're gonna let burgers take us out. Right. Sounds good. Thanks, cool. folks, Peace. for listening. All right, guys. Thanks. Thank you.